0: Hello, Real Life family and friends. So good to be doing this series with you on prayer. Uh, before we get started with today's message, I just wanted to encourage everyone to get out this week and, uh, and vote. It's a really important election, and here's how I, I view um, my Christian perspective on politics and voting and all that. First of all, I want to ask you to pray. Pray we need to be praying for revival in our nation and in our world. I've never seen our nation particularly this distraught and divided, and uh, just the increase of violence, the increase of division. So let's pray. Can we pray together for revival, uh, an outpouring of God's spirit, an outpouring of God's Just the awakening of God and, and salvations for people. Let's pray for revival. And secondly, I want to challenge you to vote. Vote your biblical values. There is a truth that stands the test of time, and it is God's truth because He's the one who's actually created all of us and created our life and our world. So He's the one that gets to decide what truth is. And so I want to encourage you to not vote. A party? We're not. We're not as Christians. We have a higher loyalty than a party or a political party. Our loyalty is Christ, and so I want to challenge you to vote biblical values. Find out what God says about the moral issues of our day, and uh, I want to encourage you. Let's stand strong for Jesus. That's the third thing I want you to do. So let's pray for revival. Let's vote our biblical values, and let's stand for jesus he is the answer and uh, so i encourage you to do that this week okay also today we are going to continue our series on 40 days of prayer and the idea here is that we're, we're trying to get better connected to god prayer is what connects us to god and in this at the same time we're trying to connect with one another trying to come out of that covid doldrums you know and isolation and get connected to each other so we have life groups going on if you're interested in being a part of a life group that meets once a week in someone's home please contact the church and we'll try to help you find a group that'll work with your schedule okay we need each other we are meant to be in relationships together and I hope to see you in church soon I hope to see you get connected to some relationships we need some face-to-face time with each other to encourage each other build each other up And support one another i know me and my wife personally we're really enjoying getting reconnected to a lot of people in our own life group and i want to encourage you to have that too it's just so much healthier for us to be around other godly men and women and young people who are you know going in the same direction we are amen all right so let's get into today's message today's message is stop sit and listen (laughs) stop sit and listen but before we get into that Let's go through a quick review of what prayer means from the Hebrew language. There's a couple words I've been sharing with you over the last several weeks, um, and I've been unpacking the meaning of these words. And one of those words is tefillah, tefillah. And I was corrected by my Hebrew professor this last week that I've been saying it wrong, so I apologize. I've been saying it to you, teaching it to you as tefillah, and I was putting the accent on the middle syllable. But the accent should be on the last syllable, so it should be pronounced more like this, tefillah, tefillah. And so tefillah means to, um, prayer, and Lahit palal means to pray. So here's some of the meanings. Uh, you can get these notes online as well, and you can look these up if it seems confusing to you. But I'm developing the meaning so that it really sinks deep into our hearts of what we're actually doing when we are praying and here's a couple of the means i've pointed out first of all uh there's another hebrew word tefel, that has the same root letters as tefillah and it means to attach bind or join two pieces broken apart and so first of all prayer joins us to god it joins our soul our spirit to god's spirit and secondly it joins the will of heaven to the earth it's the means by which we pray god let your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven it is the means by which we can bring the will of heaven to the earth remember jacob's staircase some some would say ladder but it really was a staircase and there's angels going up and angels coming down and it's the activity of of heaven is prayer going up and bringing the answer back down and so we are joining not only our spirit to god's spirit when we're in prayer And and that's what we need desperately, and we're going to talk about that more today. But we're also joining the will of heaven to the brokenness of the earth and bringing God's kingdom to bear upon our current reality. So there's two different meanings right there. A third one is a pictographic meaning of tefillah, which I broke down a couple weeks ago. And it means this, speaking the promises of God in the authority of Jesus which releases the grace of God or the activity of God. So we need to proclaim God's promises. I hope that you're learning the Bible. I hope that you're studying the Bible. I hope that you're memorizing the Bible and you're discovering some of the 6,000 promises that God put in in this scripture for you to lay hold of. And we lay hold of those by studying them, learning them, getting them into our heart until the amen comes out of our spirit. And we say, I agree with that. And we speak it out to Phila. We speak it out and we proclaim the promises of God and it activates the grace of God through the authority of Jesus. Jesus says, You can ask anything in my name, in my authority, and I will do it. Now, when we ask according to God's will, it is done, it's activated by the grace of God. So let's begin to proclaim the promises of God. We got to find them, we got to study them, we got to learn them. That's why I asked you to memorize 2 Corinthians 1.20 a few weeks ago that says, hey, for, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes, capital Y, yes, in Christ. And, uh, and it goes on to say, and so through him, through Christ, the amen, amen, is spoken by us, all right, to the glory of God. And so all of it's already been accomplished through Christ, But there's a process that God wants to do through Christ in us where it rises up and we say, amen, I agree, I see, yes, Lord, that's for me. And we say it. We say, amen, let it be. Let it be so. So be it. I agree. And it's released and it results in the glory of God. The promises of God are released into your life. Can I hear an amen from somebody? (laughs) Amen. Let's keep saying amen. Should be probably the most frequent word you say other than Jesus. (laughs) All right. Another meaning of um, uh, a word that I've done in the past was lehit palel, which means to pray. It's an infinitive. It's to do something right. And uh, and so I shared with you that it's in a context or a verb form called reflexive, that means that To pray means we're doing something, but there's also something reflecting back to us. Something else is happening in this process of prayer, and that something is God. You cannot, according to the Hebrew definition of prayer, you cannot pray without God being a part of it. You just can't do it. Prayer is not you just saying words out into the air and hoping that they land somewhere in heaven. somewhere. Uh, the male system of the sky or the air. Hopefully your words will get to God at some point. No, no, no. The, the Hebrew understanding is as soon as you are praying, God is present. He is there and he is interacting with us. So prayer is an interaction with God. It's not a one-sided conversation. It is a dialogue. It's an interaction. It's an encounter. That's why it's so powerful because this is the means of communicating with God and developing our relationship with him. And the other meaning that I haven't dived into yet, which I want to look at today, is that there's another part of this, this tense, comes from the root word palel, lahit palel. The word palel means to judge or to judge oneself. So prayer has this added dimension of us coming into the presence of God and all of a sudden we begin to see ourselves. The way god sees us and we begin to see god and we begin to see who we are and there's an incredible gap there at times and there's an awareness and there's a humility and it's a self-reflective self-judgment almost not a condemnation but a clarity that comes that i am not god and this is where god wants to move me this is what god wants to do in me this is this is not right this is um, there's a gap here, and and we come into prayer, we come into the presence of God, and it becomes a time of transformation for us. We see ourselves as we really are. God sees us. God shows us, okay? And it's kind of like this. So I want to look at this message today. It's kind of like this. Uh, 1 John 1, 5, and 6 says, God is light. In Him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, we walk... Um, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. In other words, if God is light, we come into God's presence, we're coming into light. And the light, like I'm, I've got light shining on me right now, it exposes us, it shows us what our reality is. And in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah had an encounter with God. This was his calling. I want to read for you the first few verses of Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. These are angels. Uh, Two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of their voices, the door pulse and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And so here is his reaction, verse 5. Woe is me, I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Isaiah comes into this vision. He comes into the presence of God. He sees God. And then he sees himself. He says, Woe is me. I am done. I've seen God. And he's humbled. And he thinks he's going to die. He thinks he's because no one can see God and live, you know. And this idea that I, I'm so unworthy, God is so majestic, He's so holy, I am so sinful, you know. And this is not meant to make us feel condemned or unloved. Or these types of things. But this is meant for us to be lifted into a higher place, to become like Jesus, to be transformed, to see our sin and our failures and our weaknesses, our hurts and our pains, and to know that there is a solution in God, that He can bring light where there is darkness, He can bring freedom where there's brokenness, He can bring comfort where there is grief and sorrow. He can bring vision where there's confusion. And in the presence of God, all of these things are possible for you and for me. Everything that we need is found in the presence of God. That's the good news. That's the good story here today when we talk about prayer. Prayer is coming into the presence of God, seeing what real truth is, seeing the light. And the light begins to chase out the darkness of our hearts, of our lives, of our brokenness, of our ego, our pride our misplaced trust, and God brings us and makes us and forms us more into the image of His Son. That's what the Bible says is God's plan for us. Now, Deuteronomy 11.13 says that our, uh, the highest commandment is to love the Lord our God, to serve Him with all of our heart and with all of our soul. And God doesn't want any part of our life unredeemed. Let's put it that way. He doesn't want any part of your heart, any part of your thinking, any part of your experience to be bound by sin or bound by pain or bound by anger or bound by sickness. He wants you whole. He wants you free. He wants all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And these things are only healed and changed and transformed in the presence of God. We can't go to the store and, you know, um, a trading post or something and trade something for something else in our soul. It doesn't, we can't go to the store and buy um, love and buy comfort. We, We can't order it on Amazon. These things don't, it doesn't work like that. But all of this stuff inside of us can be healed and transformed and changed in the presence of God. And that's what we're talking about today is our need to come into the presence of God. That's what you need. We need to stop. We need to sit and we need to listen at the feet of Jesus. And so there's a great story in the Bible that tells us that. Before I get to that, I want to just mention this memory verse. It seems kind of odd, but I want to um, give it to you because in the context of the the whole message today, uh, really this does um, fit quite well. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4, praise be to the God and Father Of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles listen to this so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God do you know God wants to touch you he wants to fill you he wants to meet every one of your needs and that is done when we come into his presence But beyond our own comfort, our own healing, our own strengthening, our own wisdom from God, God wants to fill us in such a way that we can get from him what we can now give to others. And these things, other people, we know this, you don't need something from me, you need something from God. But if God has given me something for you, that's different, right? And where do I get that from God? I get it from his presence. Uh, One of the best analogies I've ever heard of this before was to see myself, to see yourself as like a waiter. And you go into the kitchen and God is making the food and you simply, you're not making the food, you're not preparing the food, but you're going into the kitchen to receive from God. You're going into his presence to receive what God has and you bring it out and then you give it to someone. You say, that's what God has. And that's the kind of comfort Wisdom, grace, healing, love, peace. God wants to flow through you. He wants us to go into his presence, right? Like a waiter goes into the kitchen to the cook and says, what have you prepared? And we receive that from God and we come out from the presence of God. And now, of course, after we've eaten, after we've been filled, we still have more than enough. God has given us more than enough to share with other people. And I want you to meditate on that this week, that God wants to comfort you in all your troubles and all your struggles. God wants to meet every one of your needs. And it's not met on the outside. It's met on the inside. When we come into his presence and we we sit at his feet and we listen and we glean from him, he touches our soul. All right. So this story in the Bible is amazing. Amazing. Um, It's about Mary and Martha. In Luke chapter 10, let me read it for us. It's only four or five verses. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It says, "'As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, "'Lord, don't you care?' (laughs) Lord, don't you care um, that my sister here, Mary, she's left me to do all the work for myself by myself? And she says, Tell her to help me. <laughs> so Martha is worried. She's distracted. She's a busybody. She's running around the house, getting everything ready, you know, for him meal, cleaning I don't know, all this stuff. She's worried about it. She's, she's distracted by it all. And Mary's just sitting down listening to Jesus. So Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Only one thing is needed, Jesus says. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus is trying to tell her, Martha, relax. You're distracted. You're you're running around. And so, first of all, let's go through this story a little bit bit more closely, okay? So Martha does a great thing. She opened her home to Jesus. Martha invited Jesus, and he came into her home. And prayer is inviting Jesus into our home or into our life. So prayer is, a, is like, Jesus, come into my circumstances, come into my day, come into my life. But even then, sometimes we want God to be part of our life, but we're still frantically running around trying to run our own life without listening to him. And so the first step I want to challenge you to do, to do is to invite Jesus into your life. Of course, this means invite Jesus as Lord of your life. If you have not done that yet, we have, I have great news to share with you today. You can invite Jesus to be Lord of your life. You can be saved, forgiven of your sins. You can have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you can seal eternal life for your future by receiving Him by faith today. But bigger than that, well, it's not bigger than that, but more than just that, more than just being saved, what about today? All of the stuff going on in your life today, I'm saying you can invite Jesus into every part of your life today. All of your concerns, your worries, all the things that you're you're trying to wonder about, trying to get done. We need to invite Jesus into the details of our day. It's so easy in life to be distracted. In the presence of God is where you will find answers. That's where your breakthrough will begin. That's where your life is transformed. Everything that you need and I need is found in the presence of God. It's not found in running around out there. And so don't get too busy to sit down and listen to God. Don't get too worried to pay attention to what God wants to share with you. Don't be distracted and miss the real answer right in front of you, right in front of you. It's Jesus. Martha is worried. It says that she was distracted. And Jesus says, Martha, you're worried. You're upset about so many things. But he says, but just one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Not all this stuff. All this other stuff you're running around doing. Listen, you're, you're missing it. One thing is needed. What is that one thing? Jesus is pointing to Mary. He says, she's chosen the right thing. And it's not going to be taken away from her. She's sitting at my feet. She's listening to me. She's hearing from me. And I am going to provide. You know, this is the implication I'm going to provide everything that you need. Just come over here. Come over here. Come to me. Come to me. And so Mary does the opposite. She sits at Jesus' feet, listening to what he's saying. Everything else seemed to disappear for Mary except Jesus. No other thing captured her mind or attention. Mary was growing. She was learning. She was feeding. She was enjoying the presence of God. I'm sure peace and love and inspiration were entering her heart. I'm sure her thoughts were getting transformed as she's listening to whatever Jesus was sharing with her. I'm sure her soul was just feeding growing and being strengthened. And she she was being fueled with pure life because she was listening in the presence of the author of life, the, the, the sustainer of life, the one who created her. And she was just, like, coming alive in the presence of God. And that's everything that we need. That's the one thing that we need is Jesus in our lives. And so Mary had, there was nothing better or more important than she could be doing in that moment than being right there in the presence of God. So my first thing is, you know, to invite Jesus into our lives. But the second is to stop, to stop and sit down in the presence of God. I mean, I can relate to this. I mean, it has been a lifestyle of mine running around frantically I mean, there's so many things to do. There's so many problems to solve. There's so many challenges that we have in life. There's so many things we can be worried about. So many things we can be upset about. So many things that we think, hey, I got to roll up my sleeves and I got to do something. I got to make something happen. I got to solve this problem. Look, I'm a, I'm a professional at that lifestyle. Okay, I've done that. And yet what God is challenging me, and what God's challenging you, and what Jesus challenged Martha is to stop. Stop running your own life. Stop being so consumed, distracted, upset, worried, and frantically striving in your life to get all this stuff done and to make all these things happen. And the number one thing, the only thing that's really needed is to get into the presence of God because in the presence of God, everything that we need is there. It all begins there. Everything begins in the spiritual realm. The breakthrough that you need, it it starts in the spiritual realm, in the presence of God. The answers that you need, they start in the spiritual realm, in the presence of God. Everything that you need is released first in the spiritual realm, in the presence of God, and then it comes into the natural. Then it comes into the physical. And we're trying to do physical, uh, solve spiritual problems with physical means, but we need to go to the spiritual first. We need to go to the presence of God first. Everything that you need is found in the presence of God. It's released in the presence of God. That's what prayer is all about. It's going to a different dimension. It's going into the spiritual dimension, into the the higher dimension, the real dimension of who we really are. We are spirits made in the image of God, who is a spirit, and we're communing with him and we're releasing things in the spiritual realm that then show up in the physical. Everything you need is found and begins to be released in the presence of God. Through prayer. And so then, uh, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried. You're upset. uh, There's only one thing needed. And and the third thing is not just invite Jesus into your life and to sit down. uh, Secondly, to sit down in his presence. But number three, to listen. To listen to God. So many of us think that prayer is us talking all the time. But God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And he wants us to listen it says here that when uh, Mary, uh, you know, was, was listening, there's an implication that she's learning, she's growing, and she's being transformed, that she's almost mesmerized by Jesus, and she doesn't want to go anywhere. She's not thinking about anything else because everything that she is desiring in her soul is just coming alive in that, in that moment. And that's what God has for us. As we listen, we get instructions from God. We get healing from God. We get wisdom from God. We find peace. We get free. We get recharged. We get inspired. We get dialed into what God has for our lives. Everything that we need is found in the presence of God. The challenge that I have for you is to put God's presence at the center of your life every area, every detail, your moment to moment life, to make God's presence the priority of your life, to stop. When's the last time you just stopped and just sat down in the presence of God and listened? Just stop. Come into the presence of God and listen. God has so much to share with you. He has so much life to give you. He wants so much healing for you and freedom for you. And when we stop and we listen, we are going to have more of that life come to us. Everything that you need is found in his presence. Jesus is talking about a parable of the uh, sower in Mark chapter 4. And one of the uh, statements he makes is this, uh, according to the seed, still others like seed thrown among thorns hear the word, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So distraction leads to unfruitfulness. There's lots of things to be worried about. Um, There's a a plethora of people who are chasing after money and wealth, thinking that that will solve their problems, give them security, give them joy, uh, make them happy. Uh, but it, the Bible says it's a deceitful uh, pathway. And there's other things that we can be desiring and looking at and get, get distracted with. And Jesus is saying that those things choke out the word of God and it, and it doesn't produce fruit. It doesn't get the nourishment. And what is the nourishment? What is, what is what keeps something fruitful in our life? What is it? Well, Jesus said in John fifteen five, I am the vine, you are the branches right if you remain in me you will produce much fruit but apart from me you can do nothing when the when a branch gets choked out from the vine nothing produces in the rest of that branch we've all seen this you know in a garden and stuff if a if a if a branch gets kinked or something it cuts off the nutrients it cuts off the flow of life and then the fruit never happens or it shrivels up and dies And that's what happens with the Word of God. If we are not coming into the presence of God, if we're not relying on Jesus, if we're not developing this relationship, if we're not stopping and sitting and listening and getting into the presence of God, we will have no fruit, no fruit in our lives. Because apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And Jesus says, Martha, you're running around doing all this stuff. None of that stuff matters. There's only one thing needed. That's one thing needed. Come into my presence. Right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I came that you might have abundant life. But we don't get abundant life by running around, you know, trying to make everything happen for ourselves. We we need to know what God is calling us to do. And we need to let God live through us and in us. And we only get that clarity and direction when we're in his presence. When we're in his presence. And so 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4 says, His divine power, God's power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own grace and goodness. The Bible says that we have everything we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of him. Knowledge in the Hebrew concept is relationship, it's intimacy, it's knowing him. It's not knowing about him, it's not just reading words on a out of a book, the Bible. It is knowing Him. And how do you know Him? We get into His presence. We listen. We sit there. We, we're, we're conversing. We're sharing. We're we're, we're in, in this relationship. And the Bible says it's in this relationship. It's in knowing Him and growing to know Him. It's through that that we have everything that we need for life and for godliness. And it goes on to say through, through these, through His grace and His goodness, He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Isn't that amazing? We can be participating in God's divine nature, divine power, divine provision, and we can escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. If our eyes are on Jesus, if we're in his presence, if we're abiding in him, we have everything that we need. God will release everything to you that you need. You don't have to chase it. You don't have to run after it. Jesus says that's what the pagans do. They're running after these things. They're pursuing what to to eat, what to wear. They're chasing after all these things. But Jesus says, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Put God as the priority of your life. Put knowing him, getting into his presence through prayer, spending time with him, listening to him, and you will find everything that you need, your soul, your soul, Will, will, will come alive because your soul craves God. Every answer to prayer, every breakthrough, every healing, everything that you need begins in the spiritual realm and then comes into the natural. Romans 8 tells us, for, God, for those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. And so God is forming us and changing us into the image of Jesus. And um, Here's here's something I want to share with you. We become what we look at the most. So Hebrews 12, 2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so when we come into the presence of God, and when we're looking at God, we're focusing on Jesus, we're looking at Him, that's who we are becoming like. That's who we're being transformed uh, to be like. In His presence, that's where those things happen. In God's presence is where you'll find freedom and healing and change. That's where you'll find hope and encouragement and comfort. Whatever you need is going to be found in the presence of God. And so let's get into his presence. Secondly, in his presence is where we're filled. We're filled with life. We're filled with purpose. We're filled with wisdom. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, You make known to me the path of life. Listen to this. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When we get into the presence of God, God fills us with joy. He reveals to us the path of life, which means wherever you are in your life, God is showing you the steps to take that will lead to life. Not brokenness, not death, not evil, not pain. In the presence of God, God is lighting up a path for you to walk out. You need to get in his presence so you can see the path of life and so you can be filled with his joy and eternal pleasures at at his right hand. God has only good gifts for you and for me. He wants to empower you and, and and set you up for success in every day, but it's through him and it's through his presence. And thirdly and finally, in his presence is where we are blessed we're blessed in his presence. Psalm 89:15 says, "Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, to praise you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Those who learn how to walk in the presence of God are blessed, are happy, are enviable. God is with them. Nothing shatters them. Nothing shakes them. God is with them. God is their provision in every detail, every moment. Uh, you're, you can walk in the presence of God. You can walk in a prayerful connection, communion to God. Bible says we can pray without ceasing. We can commune with God. It doesn't always have to look the same. We don't always have to be in a, a closet hidden away. We can be driving. We can be walking. We can be internally communing with God throughout our day, moment by moment. We can be in the presence of God, relying on Him, communing with Him. And this is God's plan for you so that you don't carry the burdens. You don't have to fight the battles. You don't have to solve the problems. But God is with you and in you, and he's leading you, and he's guiding you, and he's opening the right doors, and he's closing the wrong doors, and he's breaking the, the strongholds, and he's um, you know, transforming your mind. He's, he's solving the problems. You know, he's healing your hurts. Do you see? This is who Jesus is. And only one thing is needed. And that one thing that's needed in your life is Jesus, his presence, his presence. We are meant to rely on a relationship with Jesus. So prayer is stopping sitting and listening to Jesus. (laughs) Prayer is humbling myself to realize that I'm not God. Prayer is placing God back in his place so God can be who he is in my life. And it's doing that over and over and over again. Keep putting God back on the throne of my life. Put, keep putting God back in charge of my life. That's what prayer is. When we work, God rests. But when we rest, God works. And so I want to conclude with this, one of my favorite passages in the scriptures of how Jesus summarizes this. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. He simply says, come to me. He's saying this to Martha. He's saying this to you. He's saying this to me. It, just c- come here. Take a time out, right? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Listen to me. Learn from me. I've got some things to share with you. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We serve an amazing God, a God who loves you, who's for you, who wants to be with you and can lead you and provide everything that you need in every day, moment by moment. I want to encourage you to stop, to sit and listen, begin to develop the presence of God in your life, and you will see a completely different quality of living as you abide in Jesus. And you can divest yourself of all the pressures, all the things that are worrying you, all the things that are upsetting you, all the checklists of all the busyness. Not that you won't do anything, but you'll, you'll be led by God, equipped with God, and you'll be doing good works. God works with his power, not your, your power, but his power, with his direction. And God will bless you, and you will be a blessing. Let's pray. God, thank you for this message. I pray that you draw all of us closer to you. God, that we just come into your presence, that you help us to not continue to allow ourselves to be distracted or upset or worried and just living a life without you. But God, that you teach us how to stop and sit at your feet and come into your presence and spend time learning from you and growing from you and being transformed in your presence. Help us, Lord, to see that this is the one thing that is needed more than anything else, is getting into your presence. Today, Lord, I pray for anyone who's watching this message right now who needs you as Lord and Savior. And if you're watching this message, I invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, today I give my life to you, and I place my faith in you as Lord and Savior I thank you that you love me, and I need you. And I ask you that you forgive me of all my sin and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life and fill me with your Spirit so I can live this new life that you've made for me to live. And I thank you that you have never given up on me, that you are with me, and that you're saving me right now. In your name, I pray. In your name, I trust. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope that you are taking your prayer level. Uh, to a, uh, your prayer life to a whole new level in this 40 days of prayer and encourage you just keep building up the pattern of prayer in your life so we can be better connected to God. God has so many things for you and for me. So be encouraged. Let's pray. Let's keep growing in our devotion to prayer and getting it at Jesus's feet and listening and growing from him. So let me pray the blessing of the Lord upon you. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God loves you. I love you. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.